Chris Barsby's with us. Good morning, Chris. How... Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. That's a good free-for-all at Albion Park on Saturday night. See, turn it up's come up with the inside, but we'll all eyes on LL Cool J. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, you can throw in Colt 31 and Gerard's Delight, the recent Group 1 Golden Girl winner. That's an outstanding free-for-all. And I'll talk more about the free-for-all depth in just a moment, but uh, really looking forward to that race. And a little bit later, I've got uh, plenty of guests lined up this morning, Steve. One in particular from New Zealand, because I'm fascinated by this trotting race coming through tomorrow night from Addington. It is going to be an absolute ripper, so we'll talk about that as well. Mm. Just on uh, horse copy that, I mean, he was inch-perfect drive, I thought, Chris, uh, last week. It wasn't a spectacular win, sat in the 1-1. Um, did you expect the horse to put them away easier, or was it a strong field, or the horse is obviously getting fitter? What did you make of it? No, I thought it was definitely a pass mark, Steve. Uh, yeah, he had a great trip, no doubt about it. But that was probably as good as the North Island can produce as far as depth right now with their open class rank. So uh, he, he's clearly the number one horse in the North Island. He's got to take that uh, form now down to the south where he'll be taking on self-assured defending New Zealand Cup champion. South Coast Arden looks like he's an absolute monster in the waiting. So uh, we'll get to see those two horses clash tomorrow night as well. So I think copy that. Mm. He's, uh, he's trending in the right direction. He's probably going to have one more start in the north before he goes south for mm. a sh uh, shot at the cup. There was a horse that was a bit stiff in that. I can't think of its name. That didn't have a lot of room. But Brad, Scott Steele's joining us, the boss at Albion Park Harness Club. Well, as you know, Steve, we uh, didn't race on Tuesday. Some maintenance work has been carried out. We are scheduled to return tomorrow afternoon, eight races. And then we've got that good 10-race program on Saturday night. So I thought we'd just check in with Scott just to get the update on the track and make sure that we are ready to go. And he joins us now. Scott, good morning. Uh, good morning, Chris. Good morning, listeners. The track, is it A-OK? 100%, Chris. We actually had uh, very good timing. The boys put a real big day in on Sunday, started early, got all the uh, surface off, and we actually had the, the new surface down, all 750 tonne of it, uh, before the rain came Monday night. So it actually the weather actually done us a favour, compacted it right down, and uh, the stewards inspected it this morning, um, and we'd, we'd race on a, um, a, a, a medium to fast track now if we had to race, so there's no problem whatsoever with the track. Okay, T tell me this, could it have been possible that we could have raced on Tuesday? You could, and a push, yes. Yep, absolutely. Yep. And that's all a bit of a learning curve with us too. Um, um, we're doing the track a little bit different, Tony and the, and the boys are, but um, at a push, yes, we certainly uh, could have got through that meeting. Um, but we do like to give a bit, ourselves a bit of time up our hand. And if we didn't get that rain, Chris, we would have had to water the track more and roll it more. So the rain was actually a godsend. If we didn't have that rain, the track probably would have been quite ready. So uh, we were in a good spot, that's for sure. Okay. Speaking of rain, we're expected to get more rain today and possibly overnight, even tomorrow. Is that going to be uh, taking any effect on the track uh, across the weekend? No, Chris will race. We had a couple of ruts that the boys took out this morning on the track, but as I said, now you could you go out there and they'd probably won one fifty two without a problem. So um, we expect more rain. The guys have put the top back on the track, so um, uh, we'll be racing Friday, no problem at all. And um, obviously, we'll see how the first few races go, but it'll be certainly safe and um, uh, the track service looks unreal at the moment. So. Right. Well, uh, Summer Carnival fast approaching. Uh, Steve just mentioned the free-for-all on Saturday night. That's a really good free-for-all, and we're in a fortunate position right now here in Queensland. We've got good depth in our free-for-all ranks right now. 
Yeah, absolutely, Chris. And what I like about it, a couple of the, the new kids on the blocks are starting to come through, like your LL Cool J's, Blacks of Dance, Gerardas of Lights hit the, hit the big one. And, of course, a few of the old stages, like uh, Turn It Up, um, um, Northview Hustler, and, of course, Colt 31 not being the horse he was anymore either. So it is quite equal at the moment, and it's just great to see those new horses coming through. Yeah, absolutely. Barry draws all important in those open-class races. Uh, I, I mentioned the Summer Carnival. It's only weeks away. November 6 is our first big night. We're going to have uh, a stack of features there. Big with Johnny Sprint, a couple of those Q-bred races. But one race which is new to that opening night of the Summer Carnival is the Peak of the Creek. This race is worth $50,000. Can you just explain what this race is all about? Yeah, Chris, well, actually, I was lucky enough to uh, be uh, having a quiet beer with... Uh, uh, one of our sponsors, uh, Paul Gavin from Aqua Construction, and we were actually just talking about the Hamiltonian, how some of those American-style races, and um, then I sort of caught up with um, with David Brick. And so how this race works, the heats are on Thursday afternoon into the night. There'll be uh, six heats, and um, obviously run one, two, but the individual times will determine when you come to get your own barrier. So... Um, the, f- the first um, first two in each of the heat, and then obviously those who've gone the fastest heat, individual time of the horse, they get to choose their own barrier for the final on the following Saturday night um, as well. So uh, a unique concept. Uh, RQ have come to the party with good stake money. Um, I know I've spoke to about three or four owners that have purchased horses for this, so it's going to be really good for the flow of horses into Queensland. And with the timing, we know, obviously, the good races are on in Sydney and over in New Zealand, that sort of stuff. So it's going to be a bit of a local carnival, a summer carnival, and gives them a real opportunity to win some good quality prize money. And this race, the horse itself, as we can, um, to reach that peak, they have to show a bit of stamina. So they'll race Thursday and then back up on the Saturday night. Okay, and what type of horse, what grade of horse are we looking at? 55 through to 70, Chris, uh, National Raider. So uh, we thought give us an opportunity for those three-year-olds getting towards the end of their season if um, to, to earn a, go into a decent race. And if um, Connections wanted to purchase a horse from New Zealand, which I know a few have, especially for this race, and I know a lot of trainers have put a few horses away in preparation for this. So I think it's going to be a real unique um, concept. The heats are going to be extremely competitive on the Thursday because... Obviously, they have to run time because they want to get a good barrier in the final. And we're going to put a function on for the owners who have horses in those heats. And then we'll do the big barrier draw up in the creek bar after the last heat, Chris. So try and add a bit of um, social stuff around interaction to the uh, to the race as well. Okay, a bit of variety there as well with that whole concept. So that's only weeks away, November 6th. So that's the opening night of the carnival. The peak of the creek will be staged that night. So the heats are on the Thursday prior. So really looking forward to that. Scott, appreciate the time this morning. We'll see you trackside across the weekend. Good on you, Chris. And can I just say that I can confirm that Aqua Constructions have come aboard as a sponsor of that feature, the peak of the creek. So the club will announce that through its socials in the next day or two. But... um, Paul Galvin again come back to us and uh, he's going to be the major sponsor for the Peak of the Creek. So we look forward to seeing everyone on trackside. Mm, Garrard's pouring some money in too, Scott, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Night, uh, night one of Carnival Longs with Garrard's and they're obviously fantastic sponsors and they always have been. They, um, they're our major sponsor and uh, harness racing wouldn't be what it, what it is without the Garrard's mm. in Queensland, that's for sure. Yeah, they share the love around. Thanks for that, Scott.
Good on you guys. Scott Cheers. Steele joining us, Chris. Uh, I'm going to. We're going to talk about a horse that has won how many races now? 16 races from 31 starts by Courage Under Fire, and looks like it'll lead again, won't it? For fun, Chris, on Saturday night. Shane Graham's with us. Shane, good morning. Morning, Chris. Uh, you've got to be looking forward to this card on Saturday night. Uh, going to Albion Park, you've got a, a power-packed uh, book of drives there. Turn it up. Uh, you've got Scarlet Babe. There's a number of horses that look really well-placed. Mac Da Vinci's another one. So a lot to look forward to this weekend with the Summer Carnival just around the corner. Yeah, that's right. Um, definitely on paper, it looks like it, um, it looks good so far anyway. I've been asking the question of late, who is the number one ranked open class horse in the state? In your opinion, you go around just as many times as uh, the next guy, who is the best horse in Queensland right now at open class level? Do you want a biased opinion or a proper opinion? I, I think you're going to say turn it up because you've opted the MO over early old Cool J this weekend. So am I reading that right? Yeah, look, it's, um, yeah, like he's, he's going well and he's got the barrier draw, but, um, you know, the, the three-for-alls up here at the moment are, are very strong and I think pretty much it always is going to come down to barrier draw, you know, which mm. probably there's, oh, you know, even more than a handful of them and whoever gets the best trip probably wins the race mm. and you could get a different winner every week. So, Shane, did you make that decision before the draw, did you, that your drive turned it up? No, once the draw come out, when he drew one, that's when I decided to stick with him. So if it comes down to barrier draws being so important, every time Turn It Up draws the front row, are you going to opt for him? Because he is, without doubt, the quickest horse off the arm up here. Yeah, it's probably quite possibly, yeah. Like he, um, like you said, it's sort of just with his gate speed, um, you know, it, it makes things a lot easier as long as he draws the front. So, um, you know, probably will come down to that. Elio Cool J, he was at the trials uh, last week. He looked really sharp, Shane. Uh, I don't know how you can read anything out or take anything out of that trial because there was only the two horses in it and one was the trotter. But just to the eye, he looked really sharp. His sectionals were good. Did he feel as good as he looked? Yeah, he did. He, um, You know, I, I sort of, like, this race was never really sort of even on the on the agenda with him, you know, like his, his main focus um, is still a couple of weeks away, but um, after that trial and um, how he went and, you know, the way he did it, like you said, it's sort of hard to get a guide because it was only a, a two-horse trial, but um, he, he definitely is probably a little bit more advanced than what I thought he was. And, um, no, he, he was real good and he's come out of it well too. What's the main target for LL Cool J during the summer carnival? Uh, probably the um, like the is it the Queensland Cup? Um, yeah, that's probably you know his his main one. Um, you know, like oh, I'm sure I'm sure like you know he'll go around the big with Johnny, but um, you know I think uh, the distance races and and that's his. You know he's he's so strong over the longer trips, so um, you know that's his main goal. Any regrets about not nominating him for the Inter Dominion series? <laughs> Um, no, I don't think so. Like he, um, you know, if you, he done a, a super job last preparation and, you know, like he, he sort of really hasn't even raced free for all as such, even though his last two runs were against King of Swing and the likes, but before that he was still coming through the grades, you know? So I think it's just, uh, 
he's not an old horse, and you know it's just probably one one sort of season early for him. Okay, so next year's Winter Carnival during the Tab Constellations, will that be his time to shine then? I think so. Yeah, like he's, um, you know, he'll have that bit more racing under his belt and at that sort of free for all level, and you know, I think. Um, you know, like next next winter carnival, you know, they'll see really see how good he is. Okay. Now, with Turn It Up, uh, he's got Barrier One here on Saturday night. He'll obviously lead. You've got Black Sedans drawn directly behind you, and he was super last week, missing out by a nose margin behind Speechia Silver. Did he surprise you in any way last week, the way he attacked the line, Black Sedans? Is he a concern being drawn right behind you on Saturday night? Oh, definitely. The way, you know, I don't know what his sectionals were, but, you know, any horse that can pull a sort of a length off speech of silver, you know, has obviously got great speed. And he has shown that speed before, like to dance. So him sitting on me back, you know, I'm I'm sure there, um, there'd be other ones I would have rather drawn there, that's for sure. Okay. And with Turn It Up, after Saturday night, will he start again before the Be Good Johnny or has he just kept on ice until the Be Good Johnny? Nah, he'll just he'll just wait for the be good Johnny. I think there'll be three weeks in between, and um, you know he, he that would have he would have had three lead up races to that. So he'll uh, he'll go into the be good Johnny after that. All right, Mac Da Vinci on Saturday night. He goes around in the following race, race number five. He's got gate seven. He's had a couple of weeks between runs. Uh, what can we expect on the weekend? Yeah, look, he um, you know like he he is first up for those few weeks, but. Um, he, he he sort of he was really you know his last run was obviously his best run and he um the two weeks is he's he's really freshened up but he he's worked good so what he'll take improvement out of the run but um yeah he he should be pretty forward. Is he staying for the summer carnival or does he go home for a shot at the end of Dominion if he makes it? Yeah, I, I I'm still not sure what the connections have fully done there. Like I think they're um. He he is in the Inter Dominion and and that's his main focus. So whether he stays for the summer carnival or it might be just a bit too much going in them and then down for the Inters. So I'm not exactly sure how long he will stay here for. Okay, Scarlet Babe in race nine, sensational return last week. You must have been thrilled with her effort. Yeah, I was I was very pleased with her. She um. You know, like luckily she she wasn't the one doing all the work in that early and setting the speed, but uh, to sort of go like that time first up over the twenty one and that, because um, you know she was first up for a couple of months, so she'll um, you know take benefit from that run and you know like um, it was very encouraging. Is the mare's race on the first night of the carnival an obvious target for her? Yeah, that's um, that's sort of what you know her. Her sort of main aim is going towards. She'll just have this, and then she'll probably miss that and go into the mare's race first up again. Okay, there'll be some good clashes there, like Gerardas Delight, Fame Assured. They're going to be they're going to be hard races. Those mare's features. Oh yeah, for sure. She, um, you know, like the mare's. You know, like you said, you've got those two mare's. They've been racing against the free for alls, and we know how strong the free for all races are, and. I'm sure there's some other mares coming through that are, are, are going to be hard to beat, you know, so it will be good racing. This week, in that free-for-all behind Speecher Silver and Black Sedans, is he trending towards the Summer Carnival as well? 
Uh, sorry, mate, you just broke up. Who was that? Mate, mine, Memphis. Uh, yeah, he'll, um, he's, he's in the same boat as um, Max Da Vinci. The owners have nominated him to the Impers, but um, he's probably down the list a little bit more. But, um, yeah, he's been racing good in the free-for-alls and, like, um, yeah, we'll sort of aim towards that summer carnival with him as well. Excellent. Shane, really appreciate the time. Uh, it's a great book of drives, like I said, on Saturday night. Some real power there, and it's a great time to have that power leading into the summer carnival. We'll see you trackside. Yeah, no worries. Actually, Thanks, actually, Shane, it's Steve. Before you go, who named LL Cool J? Is there a fan out there? Of course, he was a terrific um, rap singer over a decade ago with a big hit, Mama Said Knock You Out. Do you know who was responsible for the naming? I think, um, well, he was named in New Zealand, um, and I think Tony Hurley bred him, so I'd say he'd be behind that. Mm. Do you know the song I'm talking about? No. Mm. All right, <laughs> I'll, I'll play a bit of it for you. <laughs> right, no, that'd be good. Thank you. Yeah, a bit of our cool J Chris on uh, mobile rolling. Our next guest is Greg O'Connor. And Greg O'Connor loves LL Cool J and his music as well. He's right into it. So uh, he'll be thrilled to hear that song this morning. But uh, I wanted to talk to Greg this morning primarily about this trotting free-for-all tomorrow night at Addington. This is the race of the weekend anywhere in the Southern Hemisphere. This is outstanding. As good as you can get as far as the trotters are concerned. And they're all there as well. So you've got Bolt for Brilliance, Muscle Mountain, Oscar Bonavina, Majestic Man, Sunday Sun. So they go around in a stand starter race over 2,600 metres, and this is going to have a huge outcome uh, as we build up towards the Dominion during Cup Week. Greg O'Connor's online with us. Now, Greg, appreciate the time. Yeah, no problem at all, uh, Chris. Let's just clarify something. There's absolutely no chance in the world Tony Hurlihy named that horse. <laughs> have you seen his dress sense? There's yes, no chance that he has. No, no chance. <laughs> yeah, so I think he wouldn't even know him, would he? Wouldn't know that song at all? Mama said, nah, knock you no, out? No idea. No, <laughs> absolutely no idea. Now, Greg, just with this race tomorrow night, were officials surprised that you were able to get all of these star trotters in this race, or was there that little bit of expectation that you could get them all together for this race? No, we've known for a wee while that the majority have targeted it. Uh, Muscle Mountain was always going to resume in this. The Ashburton Trotting Flying Mile uh, Monday week uh, is is a race that he was never going to go to because he doesn't seem to uh, uh, handle Ashburton that well, whether it be race day or trial. Sunday Sun, they always indicated they would miss Ashburton as well and uh, probably head to Kaikoura. So uh, now that Kaikoura is going to be run at Addington 2, this is the perfect race for him, fortnight apart, and then uh, eight or ten days as it'll be to the Dominion. So we expected him to be there. Majestic Man needs another race. Bolt for Brilliance has come down early with the uh, issues around COVID. So I suppose, to answer your question, he's the only surprise if you like, although uh, Tony did indicate that he would be here because he can't afford to risk not having him here with a decent hit out under his belt uh, before he goes around uh, during Cup Week. Okay. So Sunday Sun won this race last year. He lines up again. Oscar Bonavina won it two years ago, and he's fresh up here on Saturday night. Who wins this race and why? Oh, very good question. I've I've looked over this field several times. I've gone with Sunday Sun because he has the race fitness over these horses. Now, it won't be easy for him, but he does have 
majestic man back there with him on 20 metres. And then Bolt for Brilliance fresh up. Don't expect him to be uh, launched. Tony can't be here to drive him, Tony Hurley. He's so Jim Curtin, where the horse is staying, will take the reins. So his first drive on him, not a concern. Jim's driven, you know, close to 1,500 winners or over it, I think. So uh, there shouldn't be any dramas there. Muscle Mountain's trialled up really good, like really good, like a horse that has come on from his last campaign where he was beaten by Bolt for Brilliance in the Jewels um, and, and a brilliant piece of driving by Tony Hillehy on that occasion. So Muscle Mountain's the hardest for Sunday Sun to beat, but I think Sunday Sun, with that residual fitness, those couple of very good wins under his belt, his, his win last time, Chris, was, was sensational. He started off the back marker 30 metres, only really caught them up with a lap to go and then had to go around them. The depth wasn't there because so many of the horses you've already mentioned weren't in that race, but he still had to win in 3.15. It's the second fastest time he's ever gone over 2,600 metres in his career to win that last time. So he's going as well as he ever has, and therefore he has to be on, on top. So Sunday Sun on top, just ahead of Muscle Mountain. Don't discount some of those horses off the front either. Chief of Staff's been a huge improver over the winter, massive task for him, but the way he's going, you couldn't count him out. And Midnight Dash, another one that Greg and Nina Hope uh, runners off the front, is always an opportunist, and he will win a race probably like this at some stage in his career. Whether that's on Friday night, I'm, I'm not so sure, but Sunday Sun in one. Okay, so just crystal ball for me for a minute here. Uh, by the end of this uh, season, say within the next six months, who is going to be the number one trotter in New Zealand? I'll, I'll go with Muscle Mountain, but it would not shock me if, all, if it was Bolt for Brilliance. And the way Sunday Sun's going, they've got to knock him off his mantle. So we're going to be in for some incredible races when they all clash together. I've already mentioned the fact they're not all going to Ash Burton. Probably this field will be at Kaikoura uh, in a couple of weeks' time, two weeks on Monday. And then you'll probably see them clash again in the Dominion because Sunday Sun... Muscle Mountain, unlikely for the trotting free-for-all on Cup Day. Bolt for brilliance, Oscar Bonavina, who's already pulled out of the Dominion. Majestic Man will all be in the free-for-all on Cup Day. So, gee, it's intriguing. Like, like any of these horses, any other time in their career, those top five would be the best, not only in New Zealand, but probably in Australasia. We've at the moment got four or five of them uh, which are capable of that mantle and they're all going head-to-head. Yeah, it's unbelievable depth, no doubt about it. Just with the free-for-all uh, on Friday night, tomorrow night, South Coast Arden up against Self-Assured. Who takes this one? Whoever steps quickest. South Coast Arden was was good last time, but he had you know a few more to follow through. Uh, there's only one off the front you may collect, and he's starting off the unruly. So you've got unruly off the front. You've got unruly, unruly up 10 metres, and then you've got Classy Brigade and Self-Assured. Uh, both off the 20 metres. So they haven't really got a target to follow through. Self-assured, when he catches it, is very, very quick. I think he might be able to get in front of South Coast Arden if that happens, I'm plumbing for him tomorrow night. Okay. And with the cup itself, is there only three main winning chances? Is it South Coast Arden, Self-assured, and the North Island Star copy that? Or is there something else there that can spring a surprise? Oh, I would be extremely surprised if it wasn't one of those three. Um, copy that was excellent last week. He'll go round at Alexandra Park in eight days' time in the Holmes DG. 
the, the best bolter and there are options to bet into top three, top four would be bad to the bone. Trained by Barry Purden and Scott Phelan. He was excellent uh, last time uh, in, in that spring cup and behind uh, copy that. He gave him the 1-1 one, one the whole way through. He, he's a bona fide top four chance, but no, nah, Chris, I, I can't see a horse coming out of those big three uh, winning the second Tuesday in November. Okay, well, a lot to look forward to over there over the next couple of weeks as we build towards uh, Cup Week. Greg, really appreciate the time this morning. We'll be in touch. Yep, no problem at all. Anytime, Chris. Find out who did name the horse then. It wasn't Tony. I will do. Thanks, next Greg. time I'm talking to you. <laughs> Thanks, I'll Greg. let you know. Okay, Greg, thank you. Here he is, Greg O'Connor, joining us on Mobile Rolling. Brittany Graham's in studio with us, Chris. Well, Brittany, uh, you should be cashed up. Uh, I know you were keen on King of Swing last week in the Vic Cup, but you also gave us a very good push for Soho Dow Jones in that two-year-old feature, the Colton Gildings event last Saturday night at Bendigo. Julie saluted to fight a huge drift, massive overs in, in, in many ways. So money, that's, uh, that's Brittany Graham right now. Well, at least I could find something, Chris, because lettuce leaf steaks are not going great on in the gig still. And, of course, the Harness Charity Challenge is well underway and I'm not going a great deal better there. And, of course, on neither account did I include Soho Dow Jones, but, no, he went really well. And the race probably worked out. I'm still quite surprised about that drift because there didn't look to be a great deal of pressure and that's sort of how it played out and he made them pay. So Michael Stanley normally has a, a nice juvenile or two and Soho Dow Jones looks as though he sort of fits that bill. Yeah, absolutely. On the Victoria Cup, were you disappointed with King of Swing? No, not at all. I thought his run was enormous considering the circumstances. You could see David Moran. He knew that he needed to work around, but he could no doubt tell that they were running along solidly and he was just sort of trying to creep there without doing a great deal of work. But subsequently, he still had to do an enormous amount and I thought he was so brave. Uh, at the top of the straight, I, I thought he was still actually going to win the race and to, to hang on and get as close as he did, I thought it was a, a huge performance. And it's just giving more... Uh, I guess, evidence to the fact that he's going to win a big race one day when he's not out in front, whereas before many probably thought that he was just uh, maybe, I guess, a bit of a one-trick pony because all of his big race wins have come out in front, but I don't think that's the case at all. Did the bubble burst on Amazing Dream? Were you surprised with the tactics they adopted with the star mayor? I'm probably not surprised by the tactics that they adopted under the circumstances they felt as though that was the way that they could beat King of Swing. Um, and probably in any other edition of a Victoria Cup, if there was maybe that little bit more depth, uh, we know that the majority of her wins have come when she's been able to get that little bit of cover. So um, I don't think that she was disappointing, but she was probably just outside her comfort zone that little bit. And uh, we've she just probably wasn't able to cope with the pressure that a lot of horses in that scenario wouldn't be able to. And again, she's still only a four-year-old mare. In the Dominion's fast approaching, we're only weeks away. Is King of Swing still the horse to beat in your eyes? I think so, and he deserves favouritism. But now that we know that Amazing Dream's out of the New Zealand Cup and that she's more than likely going to be heading to the Inter-Dominion, as much as she was beaten last week, I still think she represents the overs tab still have her at $17 and she just seems tailor-made for that series. We know that she can back up well. The longer trip's going to suit her down to the ground and you, you would expect in an Inter-Dominion that there's going to be 
decent pressure. So she'll be able to be driven in that manner that she's been so uh, so devastating in. And that big track at Menangle, I think, will suit her down to the ground as well. So King of Swing deserves to be favourite and he's definitely still the one to beat. But I think the $17 about Amazing Dream, considering that she started equal favourite with him in a Victoria Cup, is still well and truly mm. overs. Brittany, I heard you speak to David Aiken on In the Gig earlier this week. What's, what's going to happen now with Max Delight and, of course, the horse that finished last that should have been in the finish as well at... What, what price was it? $115 there, Malcolm's Rhythm, before Josh got tipped out. You know what the plan is there with those two horses? Yeah, well, they're both being targeted towards the Inter-Dominion. Max Delight has a really good record at Menangley, won the New South Wales Derby over the 2,400 metres in record time. And he and Malcolm's Rhythm actually both bobbed up to Menangle uh, for a bit of, a, I guess, a mid-winter campaign just to ensure that they were rock-hard fit for these end-of-season features. So they, I think there's a, a still a few more open class races for them in Victoria before they head to New South Wales. Uh, but David Aiken's pretty well versed in travelling these horses to Menangle now. He generally bases himself at the training centre and I would say that he will be going with them and giving them plenty of time to settle in. And again, uh, Max Salata, I, I rode him off, but it was an amazing training performance to get him to win that race off the back of his issues. But uh, he's proven, of course, he was a three-year-old of his year, Chris, in Lock and Var Arts age group. So uh, yeah. to, con- to consider that he was, you know, the, the Australian three-year-old of the year and beat Lock and Var Art in many of those big races, maybe we've just underestimated him. Yeah, no doubt. His biggest weapon is his gate speed. He showed that last week, put himself in the right spot. So uh, with that sort of gate speed, he's always going to be a dangerous horse. Malcolm's Rhythm Steve backs up on Sunday in the Meribara okay. Cup. And I think Max Delight will go to the Geelong Cup Saturday week. Before they look like going to Sydney. Yeah, after you made that point, I went back and watched the replay, Brittany, as well. Um, Chris was saying, Josh, I suppose he had the option to try and get in behind Max Delight there at the top of the straight, but it was a split-second call, wasn't it? Absolutely, and he was travelling so well. And even actually Chris Alford seemingly was in two minds about whether he waited for the sprint lane or, or came off, and he all but came off as well. So it could have been a bit of a disaster if he didn't wait for the sprint lane. He might have been in, in the same position and never got a run, but they are the, um, you know, as you said, those split-second decisions that you need to make in a race, and they can be the difference between mm. winning and losing. Chris, can I just get your opinion and Brittany's while I'm here as well? This horse that I've just been watching, my ultimate Byron, just make a mess of races. I mean, how good is this horse? First of all, you, Chris, my ultimate Byron. Well, his record proves that he's very good. Already a Group 1 winner, unbeaten, and he can run super fast time. They've got a really good crop down there in, in New South Wales this season. Small Tease is another one that's uh, blessed with great ability. Uh, Mr Ray, who we won't see during this series, he's had that little bit of a setback. So they're, they're three that quickly spring to mind, and I'm sure there's going to be a few others that pop up in the next couple of months. But... Hey, I, I would love to own him, my Alderman Byron. Uh, he, he's beautifully bred. He's a big, strong-looking horse. So uh, he's hoping uh, we'll get a, a more definitive answer uh, in the next couple of weeks with this Breeders' Challenge Series mm. taking shape. Are you small T's on my Alderman Byron, Brittany? Oh, that is a really, really tough question. And I think um, it's going to be a great contest because they're both hard-running, gate-speed horses. And I would expect that they're going to run some fairly significant time. But I actually had a chat uh, to Jared Orchard earlier this week. And if you watch the heat of my Ultimate Byron's last Tuesday, probably wasn't as sharp as he's been. He put in a couple of floaty strides as well off the gate and then uh, just before the finishing line, and I did ask him about it, and there's this new, um, basically, piece of gear that's quite in vogue at the moment. It's called a hides hood, and they're like compression 
hoods with ears. So you can either get them without the earmuffs on or you can get them without the ears. And he's had the earmuffs on just to try and keep him, just tape it off mm. basically. And he's had it on and off and on and off trying to, to, to I guess, get that uh, perfect balance about him. And Jared basically just said he was too docile with well, them Well, that's on. what happened with Winks, of on course. That's the champion thoroughbred. They put the earmuffs on her. It almost cost a defeat. Exactly right. At one so, stage, you can make them too relaxed. Yeah, and, and that's what he believed. He was just that little bit too relaxed with them on last time out and he was probably just goofing around a little bit. So he's going to wear the compression part of it so it goes over their head but without, without the, ears. the ears so that he'll okay. have removable deafeners in so that he'll be calm but when he needs to they can activate it. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how he goes on Saturday night but I actually talked to Jack Callaghan on Sky Sports Radio this morning about Dougie Sloy who's I think one of the second or third favourites in that semi-final with my ultimate bite and he was really confident that he could beat him on Saturday night Chris so uh, it'll be interesting mm, to see mm. uh, because he did get close to him in the heat and Jack was certain that if he'd been closer in the heat that he could have beaten him. So maybe there's a little bit of an each-way play there on uh, Dougie Sloy. I know there's a bit of an opinion of, with the sale around odds, him. wouldn't it? I think it's around 8 or $9 at the okay. moment. So, yeah, we'll wait and see. Yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of having a gamble this weekend, uh, fresh off that tip last week, what have you come up with for our listeners this morning? I've tried to find one at Albion Park this week, Chris, on Saturday night. And I... Th- the last few weeks I've found quite difficult. I think they've been quite open races, but there's one horse I've been following for a little while now, the Ideal Dancer. He's absolutely flying this horse and he's going to win a race really shortly. Last week in a peg-dominated race, he ran into third uh, behind It's Mr. Clooney and it was a a pretty sedate event as well. They got home in 27-3, so it made it really hard for anything to come off pace. But I think Saturday night, race seven, number eight, there's only seven starters now. He's a lone second-row runner. It looks to be a bit of early speed. The 2100 metres seems to suit him as well. So we'll make him our bet this week. Race seven, number eight at Albion Park on Saturday night, the ideal dancer. And one final one. I've asked everyone, so I'm going to ask you. Who is the number one free-for-aller in Queensland right now? Mm, That's a good question. Uh, I would Mm. probably have to say turn it up at this stage uh, just because of his gate speed. Uh, You know, he's going to be able to put himself, if he draws a front line, into contention in any race that that he can test. But I'm really looking forward to seeing Colt 31 on Saturday night. We obviously haven't seen him for quite some time. And, I mean, if he comes back on Saturday night and races well, well, he deserves to be top seed. But we just haven't seen him probably at his best for a little while and he hasn't been racing either. So he's probably been a little bit out of sight, out of mind. Mm, it's going to be a, a fascinating couple of weeks coming up with the Summer Carnival. Who comes out on top as far as the free-for-alls are concerned? Barrier draws all important, so uh, we'll wait and see. Brittany, as always, appreciate the time. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, Brittany Graham. Chris, you've been asking everyone your thoughts. Um, I, I don't know, to be honest. That's why I'm asking everyone else. <laughs> okay. uh, I can understand with Turn It Up because he's got that gate speed. I've got a lot of time for LL Cool J. And then, uh, like Scott outlined earlier, he said, we've got that new sort of wave coming through that next generation. Horses like Black Sedans, Will the Wizard, Deus Ex could be a real star in the making. Then you've got Make Mind Memphis, Rock Fisherman possibly. So uh, I think Rock now, uh, right now, I think we go with Turn It Up because, you know, he's just so good. And uh, that gate speed's just, uh, you know, uh, explosive. So... Uh, mm-hmm. I think he's the safe option. 
Yeah, it'd be interesting when we took uh, WA Harness Racing with Matt Young, who's online, this horse Magnificent Storm. I think he's having a break, Chris. I wonder when he's going to come back to the track. Well, I don't think it's going to be too far away. He's gearing up towards the big pacing cups in January, so uh, the Fremantle and WA pacing cups. But it's important that we talk with Matt this morning because last night Pinjarra had a couple of trials and there was two horses of particular interest that went around at the Pinjarra trials last night, both from the stables of Justin Prentice, Rock and Roll Lincoln, who's a previous WA Pacing Cup winner, and Major Martini, who was the runner-up in the derby. I think it may have even been his last start. They were both listed to trial. Matty Young is online with us now. Matt, good morning. Good morning to you, boys. Did they trial? No. <laughs> uh. An anticlimactic uh, situation. Uh, they combined the last two trials, and there was no sign of Justin Prentice's runners, so... Hopefully all is okay with them. Maybe they were just spooked away by the fact there wasn't uh, enough horses in the trials and they probably just track work together. So hopefully we see them next week, but uh, they were not there for uh, visual aid yesterday. Okay. Well, that's a little disappointing. But like you said, hopefully they just uh, decided to have a little <coughs> private workout at home and we'll wait for another week. Uh, we've got a big 10 race program coming through tomorrow night. One of the features is going to be race number five, which is the Mount Eden sprint. We get to see Hurricane Harley again. He's second up for Justin Prentice, Gary Hall Jr. Perfect major was able to get them last time. He's drawn barrier one. Who takes the Mount Eden sprint? Yeah, well, Perfect major is a very good front runner. He loves the mile and he's got the draw. Uh, when he's led before, he's beaten Chicago Bulls. So I think Vampiro will be coming out pretty hard in that race. Hurricane Harley... I could just see them sitting back and uh, hoping for a, a nice, quick speed battle. Uh, so from there, I really think Perfect Major can win. His form is pretty strong. He's got the draw. He's going to be a lot shorter than he was last start, but I'm not a big fan. I don't think Vampiro's going very well at all. Back to a mile, that might uh, jazz him up a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, I would have it between Perfect Major and... Hurricane Harley should be getting home, but they're going to run pretty quick sections, so there's one I'll throw out at a bit of odds in that race. As happy as Larry's drawn beautifully, was held up last start, the horse sits on speed well, it's going to be leaders back, could be 20 to 1, and has to be included in your quaddies at least, and uh, for your trifectas and first fours. So it's a very intriguing race, it'll be a game of tactics over the mile. Okay, well we look forward to that race five. What's your best bet coming up uh, tomorrow night? Uh, race eight, number six for me, uh, it is the Team Bond Pace. It's over 2,536 metres, and there's a very smart one in the race by the name of Don't Bother Me None. was exceptional winning at Pinjarra. First up, sat in the breeze. They went 155-1 for 2,185 metres. Uh, so first up in that race, to be able to do that off of a pretty soft trial, I think uh, he's had a few weeks between runs. He should derive plenty of benefit from that and uh, should be able to improve again. So 2,500, I think, will suit him perfectly. He looks that type of horse. It's a pretty nice field, so you could get uh, a decent enough price about him. And I think after tomorrow night, that price might disappear because he's going to be a pretty smart horse going forward towards a golden nugget and the likes. So, look, I think Don't Bother Me None is a very good horse and really excited to see how he goes race eight, number six, tomorrow night. Okay, he's won eight from 12 right now, looking to improve on that record tomorrow night. Race eight, number six, the best bet. Matty, as always, really appreciate the time. We'll chat again next week. Uh, just before I go, boys, Labra Joe is back in work. They're looking to uh, have a um, 
well, a preparation where they'll see him back racing hopefully early next year. And Magnificent Storm has been back in work for at least a week now heading towards the Pacing Cup Carnival. So those two horses of great interest and it's great to see that they're on the comeback trail. And just finally, Chicago Bull, was he nominated for tomorrow night's meeting but they, they pulled the uh, the nomination? Yes, he was. Um, as so as I spoke close. to you the other day about Junior not wanting him to go around, they've obviously had a little boxing match and Junior's come out winning this week. <laughs> well, we'll wait and see when uh, he steps out, but he's obviously close Chicago Bull. Matty, really appreciate it. Cheers, boys. See ya.